Tremendous warning in effect. The Random Fandom with Brandon and Brandon podcast may contain spoilers for the following. Batman versus as a Superman, the fight for Donny versus justice. You have been warned. You only get one chance to make a great first impression, so can I say for the first time, welcome to the Random Fandom Podcast. I'm Brandon. And I'm Brandon. And we're your hosts, and we are here bringing you a bunch of ideas about all things geek culture. Just what the internet needs. More geeks talk, right? Yeah. About movies, TV shows, video games, comics, and all the things that have a little bit of a geekiness about them, which we both have plenty of. Welcome to Random Fandom with Brandon and Brandon. Brandon. Hi, Brandon. How you doing, man? I'm good. Uh, just a little bit of history for everyone. Brandon and I met at Brandon Camp. We did. Several years ago. It's a camp where a bunch of Brandons go, um, and we, we all share a commonality. Our dads hit us. Uh, <laughs> it was an abuse camp. Yeah, it was really weird. Yeah. But through the fire came two shining diamonds, and here they are doing a podcast for you guys today. Yes. Yeah. Sure, that's what my mom says. Yeah, and we have no idea who's listening, but we can say that it's probably not our moms because... My mom doesn't know how to download a podcast. My mom doesn't know what a download is, <laughs> so let alone a podcast. Well, then... I think she thinks that's an R. Kelly song. And I'm well, like, no, mom, that's the down low. Nobody has to know. 20 years ago, that was a smash. I and see you, what know you did there. You know it. <laughs> and what are we talking about today, though? Lots of geek culture stuff. This has already been a huge year for geeks. Lots of news coming. It's going to be such a great year. And we always get together and watch movies, play video games, TV shows. We've done it for years. We've been best friends for a long time. And we thought, hey, why not just get together and put our thoughts onto a recording? Yeah, we figured we might as well record ourselves and see if anybody else cares about what we have to say. Yeah, and I just want to let you know, I don't think people can fully appreciate the fact that you're naked. Yeah, it's and it really doesn't come weird. across on a podcast unless like a, yeah. a limb flaps the wrong way or something like that. I told you we need like to do the video podcast. That, let me warm up to the idea. See if YouTube will allow me to do this. <laughs> nope. So anyways, uh, what we want to do first is we just want to let you know that uh, this podcast is not sponsored, so we're not going to spam you guys. We're not going to say, hey, we want to thank our sponsors. Eventually, we're going to get yeah, sponsors because yeah, we're yeah. going to get huge. We're going we're gonna to have at least six subscribers and god i mean and we're gonna we, need a sponsor when, per when we hit that peak yeah it's gonna be sponsors just crawling at us oh it's gonna be a creamy it, peak yeah. dude it's gonna hit hard so until then until then we actually just thought we'd get in the habit of thanking people who are paying us to do this and we're gonna give you some fake sponsors so full spoiler alert these are not real and if they are real that is completely incidental and <laughs> that's a horrible name for a business based on what we're gonna tell you <laughs> yeah so brandon who's our first fake sponsor uh, our first fake sponsor is Magusta Preguntas, which is the Federation of Inquisitive Hispanic Children. Mm. Teach your little ninos to ask the right questions with Magusta Preguntas. And also, uh, our other fake sponsor, we want to take a moment to tell you about this really cool new exercise DVD. Hey moms, new moms, got that post-baby tummy, got that post-baby body. Maybe you want to tighten up your midsection a little bit. Who better to show you how than Jessica Alba? She's had two little gross kids, and now she's totally toned in her midsection. 
So check out her new tummy tightening exercise DVD. It's called Alba Core. Get a core like Alba. Alba Core. Look for it on DVD today in a gas station. <laughs> Find it today in your uh, bargain bin at your local Walmart. Yeah, absolutely. So, All right, now that's out of the way. Let's get to what really matters: geek culture. Like I said, we've been we've been hanging out for years. Whether it's video games, I think we probably video game the most together. Yeah, yeah. But uh, wait, wait, we, I have a question. Oh, please. What is our first video game that we've ever played together? I'm trying to think about it, but I I don't know. Didn't they have that spin the bottle on uh, Sega CD? <laughs> I think that's what. No, we, we just we just played that. It's no ourselves. fun with two people. Yeah, yeah it really isn't. Um, no, I think. My earliest memory is, I know we probably met each other in the PlayStation 2 era. Well, I remember us Xbox playing was the Battlefront series. Battlefront was Quite huge. A bit. I would love to C4 the vehicle and, and crash it and set off the C4. And we sucked in uh, 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 helicopters, remember? <laughs> People would always want to get out of a helicopter because we'd always crash mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I did oh, not. Oh, sorry, get... Battlefield. Did I say Battlefield? Oh, you, you, I, would, I automatically went there. You said we, battle. we were playing bat. We did play Battlefield a we, lot. Whether it was the front or the field, we battled a <laughs> we lot. We battle fronted and fielded with Star Wars, Star Wars and absolutely. army people. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I think actually, now that I think about it, our very first video game, when we uh, first started hanging out, we right. had a shared friend who had the Resident Evil 4 game That's on right. GameCube. Because up to that point, unless you were a Nintendo uh, follower, there was no real reason <laughs> to get a GameCube. Get a GameCube. There it wasn't. was a decent little system with those little. Well, the Waybirds were discs. awesome, and then the four controller ports was pretty cool. Invited a party, but yeah, unless you were just uh, you know a uniform Nintendo follower, there was no real reason up to that point yep. for your casual gamer. And then everything changed. You're absolutely right with Resident Evil Four. Uh, that thing changed the way that that third person genre i want to say shooter genre but it wasn't it wasn't a shooter it was, it was like an a over the shoulder it was survivor horror, horror shooter yeah it was it was groundbreaking let's just it really honest. was we're and not on our video game section yet but we're, we're just, going to talk about this we are for a second and the thing that really sticks out in my mind amongst so many things about that game do you remember the guy oh what's his name he was there he meets leon he helps him but he's mysterious he ends up dying yeah what's his name I don't know, was but he, call, he says the president's daughter has, has torpedoes. B- ballis- uh, ballistics. ballistics. And oh, he's talking about a 14-year-old girl with big jugs. I it's always awkward. And then it like It was. It was totally like, where was where did that come from? Yeah. Yeah, it was just like the creepy uncle who makes a pass at like... like at the, the president's daughter, for God's at sake. At a Christmas party, though. But he's in Spain. He doesn't care about our president. You're right. But it was very... I mean, maybe in European culture, that's a different thing. I don't know. Never been there. I don't think so. Especially to that creepy village where guys wear potato sacks over their head and chase you with chainsaws. Mm. Coelho. Yeah. That's <laughs> the reason I don't go to Spain anymore for vacation. Yeah. Not your thing anymore. Uh, yeah. But anyways, let's get into some... Uh, let's get into music. Music? Or er, Cue the music. <laughs> let's get into movies. Okay. All right, I screwed that one up. It's okay. It's going to happen quite a lot. Um, but we did get into the music there for a second. Um, I want to talk about, for a short period, I want to talk about the upcoming X-Men movie. As do That's funny, because I do too. Oh my it's gosh. like we rehearsed this or something like that, oh or maybe we it's thought like about we this ahead of time. Yeah, what's going on? trying to follow. So I want to get your thoughts on this, Brandon. What do you think of the, the X-Men movie that we're coming up pretty soon? Uh, next month, I believe. Yep. Based on what I've seen, I'm excited. I'm excited 
first of all, on principle, because it's Brian Singer. And every X-Men movie that's been good has usually been attributable to him being behind the directing chair. Uh, he's done the last, well, this will be three in a row for him because he re-entered uh, being the director after I think X-Men 3 was not his. And then he got back in the picture in 2011, I believe, with uh, First Class, First class which yep. was great. Introduced some new mutants. Uh, James McVoy took over. You have Michael Fassbender, who's a f- phenomenal a- actor. As a young Magneto, as a He's young troubled era. Ezio Aldatore. I know, I know. So many cool uh, <laughs> interweavings in the geek culture world, especially when it comes to the cinema aspect of things. I am excited for Oscar Isaac as Apocalypse, though he's not the to the look. Yeah, right. that, I mean, I know they that's can't one have of my worries. Actually, might as well get into that a little bit. Yeah, I don't think he can be straight up out of the comics or the uh, the original '92. Uh, Saturday morning cartoon series because that's just too hard of a look to pull off with a big A as his belt buckle. That's a little <sighs> yeah. So I understand they went for a different look. He's he like an Egyptian smaller. god. Yeah, he looks much smaller, physically smaller. He's not as imposing as I would yes, think Apocalypse exactly. to be. Exactly, Apocalypse is is very very large. Um, he's credited as being the first mutant, so it's like yeah. I, so I, he's had a lot of time to work out. Yeah, is what exactly. You're <laughs> yeah, twenty four seven gyms. Um, and so with with all things with with Oscar Isaac, especially coming off of the new Star Wars film, uh, I'm a huge fan of him as an actor. And so I yeah, have he's got range for I sure. The, yeah, I totally. I have the confidence that he can play a good character um, that is going to be so crucial to this movie. But my worry is just is he is his physical presence enough now i know that i i think i saw in one of the previews that he actually he grows in size his physical size does get bigger um and so there they might that might be in there to play homage to what he was in the comics and 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 of course the old x-men show right uh where he's a much bigger stronger presence very much so so um We'll see. We'll see what happens in that. Um, but when we were talking about this um, the other day, you had mentioned that you were afraid that there's too many mutants. Yes. In in this one movie. Exactly. It feels like they're trying to cram in a lot of mutants just based on solely on the trailers. It, and you know, this is gonna be a I think a two hour and thirty minute movie, something to that effect. So that's plenty of time. But I just feel like they might be shooting too many just so they they can hook fans like oh. I'm going to see Psylocke for the first time on uh, on screen or something like that. Or like, do you remember? Uh, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Olivia Munn. Well, Olivia Munn is, is awesome. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But they're trying to just show a lot of mutants. And the thing is, is will they give them each their own time? Because every mutant is dense. Every mutant has a cool backstory. Some of them you already know. They're a little more apparent than the others. But I just feel like they're going to... Like I felt like in the last two movies, they did this a little bit where they just try and throw as many as they can just to hook a fan. Be like, oh, did you see Gambit? But what did they do with Gambit in uh, it was horrible. X-Men Origins? They were better off leaving him alone and not even showing him because the guy who played him sucked, uh, Taylor, whatever his name is, and they didn't develop him in any way. And they're just like, oh, look, here he is with doing his kinetic charge with the cards. And that's about all he did. And they had a horrible accent. So my fear is that they just might be throwing too many mutants without actually... It kind of waters it down. It makes it into like a mutant stew. Yeah. But then they wait, just, wait, wait. there's no chunks. Have you ever had mutant stew? I think one time I ordered one at a bar. <laughs> and, so, and you didn't it's like a, it? It's huh? a weird nightclub, yeah. Oh, really? I yeah. usually like mutant stew. You just yeah. need a big spoon. There's a drink called meat. The Incredible Hulk, by the way. It's like neon green. It's hypnotic and... Uh, Radioactive, some, it sounds like. Yeah, it's probably bad for you. So anyways, uh, I just hope 
that there aren't too many mutants because the previews would lead you to believe there's a lot of them. But then they were on the screen for two minutes just to say that just they were them, in the movie. Just to have them in there, yeah. It's kind of like almost like clickbait. You know how on the internet they show those links that like, hey, here's what you want to see, but there's nothing to it. Right. And it feels like end up being hollow. So I just hope that I'm wrong. I'm, I'm going to find out when it comes out, I usually out, of hope that you're wrong. Yeah, May 27th is the official release date. So we're probably going to get our tickets that week. I'm sure we'll be there we'll be on there the first oh, yeah. opening day. Yeah. Um, so going from one Marvel movie to another, I want to talk about uh, recently Sony announced a new mm-hmm. Venom movie. Mm-hmm. A new Venom movie. Now, the fanboy in me gets super excited because Venom... Uh, and subsequently Carnage, actually, are a couple of my most favorite characters in the entire Marvel Universe. So Very cool. And I was super bummed with what they did with Venom in Spider-Man 3. I it think was, the only person who wasn't was the director of that movie, at least going I'm into sure it. I'm pretty sure. Maybe afterwards, yeah. He was probably and like, And then Topher bad. Grace, because he's like, I get to play Venom, you know, and he's probably excited because it's a paycheck. Oh, God. I think those what are the only... Of, who cast that? That's so bad. The same person who watched the movie win a date with Tad Hamilton was like, yep, that's my guy. Or watched <laughs> that 70s show. I'm like, I'm sorry if I saw him down the street. I would I would probably just shove him just to start a fight <laughs> to see if he can do anything to me. Take that, Venom. Yeah. Um. So, so my worry is that they're going to take one of my favorite characters and they are going to screw it up kind of like what they have done with a lot of the past spider-man movies lately yeah um now there's some there's some shining lights here um so signed on as screenwriters are dante harper which so i was doing some research not everyone knows that name imdb shows him producing a lot doesn't show him writing almost anything right but apparently he's credited as credited he's way to roll that one out uh, as um as a writer on Edge of Tomorrow, which is a surprisingly good movie. Oh, that was one of the best sci-fi movies of the last 10 years, for sure. Um, and then also writing it is Todd McFarlane, who yes. is a writer and producer known for uh, The Spawn and Spider-Man And he, TV on his shows. watch, that's when Venom got uh, written into the Marvel comic universe in the late 80s. And that's when they were doing the amazing... Uh, Todd McFarlane was doing the amazing Spider-Man. And that's when not only did, from an illustrative point of view, it looked like some of the best uh, incantations of Spider-Man, but just the story was really pumping then. So yeah, if Todd McFarlane has anything to do with the movie, you trust that, you know, if you were, I mean, he's Geppetto to Pinocchio. You know what I mean? He helped create this. So of course you want to consult him and hopefully he doesn't, his ideas on what Venom should be translate into assuming two hour film doesn't get overshadowed by just pig headed, and stubbornness from studio execs. Right. You know. So here's the thing. I, I'm going to ask you. Do you want to see him being kind of uh, portrayed as a good guy or a bad guy? Do they make a movie about a bad guy? Because that typically doesn't sell well. So this is... Well, I'm, I'm sure he's going to be the anti-hero. But let me, let, me say this, let me say this first. This is an origin story. Uh, the retelling sort of because they kind of already tried to do that mm-hmm. with the origin story of Venom but this is a retelling of the origin story with Sony without Spider-Man which in my opinion which is weird how I, can you have chicken without or how can you have chicken salad without chicken <laughs> <laughs> 
The good analogy. analogy. You see what I'm trying good to do. analogy. Okay. Um, and, and so my worry is, is they're going to have to completely rewrite his backstory. So with that being said, uh, you were asking me if I want to see him be portrayed as a good guy or a bad guy. Yep. The only way that they can... I, I see that they can take this is by making him an anti-hero and kind of writing a little bit of the coattails of d- the Deadpool movie. Mm-hmm. Um, where where he's not a good guy, but he's for some reason forced to have to save the day. Yeah. My hope is that whatever evil that they have to introduce that's worse than... It's got to be Cletus Cassidy. Yes. A la Carnage. Yes. That and is my hope, is that Carnage is in this movie as the antagonist. And hopefully they... I mean, this a movie like this is, you know, with the suits and the alien life form that, you know, plays Parasite to its host, it's got to have incredible CGI. Which I'm sure it will. Yeah. I mean, we're at an age now where incredible CGI is almost... It's not always a, a given, though. expensive thing. Yeah. Like, I thought some of the CGI in the movie we're going to talk about in a minute was actually not up to par for as big of a budget as it had, which is just one of my many complaints about said film. But anyways, <laughs> we'll Venom is that. coming out, what, 2017? No, 2018. I think it's past that. Um, I don't have anything up on my computer here, but I think it's I think 18. 2018. Hey, um, stay alive until then, huh? Now, let's talk about Captain America. Captain America could be great. Reviews are already out. And uh, reviews are really good for it. In fact, on Metacritic... Uh, Captain America Civil War gets an 86 out of 100. And then uh, last time I checked yesterday morning, it was standing at 94% on Rotten Tomatoes with only one bad review coming through. So I don't exactly put all my weight into that. If a movie comes out and it's 22% a la Ninja Turtles, I'm still going to go see it just because I want to make sure for myself and like it for myself. You know, Civil War... I think that's a great title. I'd never read the graphic novel. I do know that in that graphic novel that uh, Crossbones ends up killing Steve Rogers. So Captain America is dead per that graphic novel. Um, I don't think they're going to do that here. Well, they might. You know, from what, I, I, what I've been uh, reading, and I've been staying away from all the reviews that might have potential spoilers in them. But from what I'm reading, Spider-Man makes an awesome, awesome contribution to this film. And then the greater... Uh, yeah, coming good. Mar- Marvel Comic Universe. And I'm so happy that Sony and uh, Paramount can now mash characters, or at least start to. So how cool is it going to be see the X-Men, X-Men eventually on screen with Iron Man and Thor and whatnot? Yeah. yeah. The way it should be. The way, the way exactly. the Avengers should be. Yeah. Now, uh, just to bring up one thing, though, that you mentioned with the X-Men, though, uh, there's a lot of superheroes in this film and so I do that, have that, fear too. that mutant stew that you were mentioning is very possible. Yeah. Uh, and not only that, you're kind of having them just, they're battling each other. Yeah. So, so I, I, I almost find it, is there going to be, as a viewer, is it going to be hard to differentiate who's right and who's wrong? I don't know. I haven't seen it. Um, but in the same way, I guess with, you know, the new Batman and Superman movie, which we'll talk about in a second, um, you know, you kind of, pick a side for which of which of the good guys that you want to right. root and for. the movie poster even wants you to feel that way you know right it says, it says ac- like pick a side or yeah, something yeah and they're like across that. from each other and it's a lineup like they're about to you know do a, a, a round of red rover um just as a fan whatever capacity comics cinema video games even who would you want to back whose team would you want to be on would you want to fight for cap or would you want to fight for iron man 
Whatever your reasoning, it's your own. I want to fight for whatever size has black side has Black Panther. And in this case, that happens to be Iron Man. Because Black Panther is the shit. Oh, T'Challa for life, dude. And so King of Wakanda. Absolutely. And I and I actually, you know, one of my worries about this movie is are they going to give Black Panther the introduction into the cinematic universe? That he deserves. Absolutely. Because he's not, he doesn't have his own origin movie like so many of the others already did. And so to introduce him into a movie where it's like a, I don't know, seven on seven battle royale, right. it's, a, it's almost a little bit of a worry for me that he's not going to get the homage that he deserves. And as I such think a great they've character. been so carefully crafting every time they're going to introduce a new character in the f- previous film. If you remember at the end of Iron Man 2, in Iron Man 2, they hint at Captain America. Remember, he finds the old prototype shield when he's digging through his dad's old relics. And at the very end, uh, Thor's hammers touch down on Earth in the uh, the desert. If you'll recall, even though there wasn't a lot for me to like personally about um, Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. they did take a trip to Wakanda. They mentioned the uh, vibranium. Is that what it's called? You know, yes. which is sourced from Wakanda, which is what Captain America's shield is made out of. So they set it up. Hopefully they knock it down now with his introduction. And then, of course, he's going to get his own standalone film in the coming years. So I really hope that uh, they do. And again, it's trying to stay spoiler free, but they all, so the big two main players, it's going to be hard for us to spoil anything when we haven't seen it. Yeah. As for, well, I'm, there some reviews do have a little bit of oh, really? plot reveal. Ooh. Yeah. Don't do that reviewers. No. Yeah. Don't do that. Um, but from what I understand uh, from several different reviews and just discussions, both big time players, they're introduced as of this movie. I mean, they've already done Spider-Man, but, you know, getting to have this current update of him, not Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire, which he did two out of three good, uh, <laughs> unless you like emo and singing. and Which that, I do, oh, Of course, yeah, that's why we are friends. Uh, I, From what I understand, they do them justice. The characters make an awesome contribution without overshadowing anybody. So, yeah, I just, I'm anxious to see it. Again, we'll be there opening night. Buy your tickets in advance. So, you know, as we mentioned, we're worried about some of our favorite characters kind of being introduced into the silver screen uh, improperly. That doesn't do them justice. Like Silver Surfer? Uh, right. There was nothing so, to like about that. I'm going to use that into a segue Do-do-do. to talk about our topic of the week. What's that? The topic of the week? The topic of the week... So Batman versus Superman. BVS. Now we saw it. Um, so did a lot of other people in that opening weekend. Yes. And then... It made a lot of money on the opening weekend. And then it just pretty much plummeted from a cinematic <laughs> point of view of the following box office gates. And spoiler alert, we both really didn't like it. So this is probably going to sound like a lot of complaining about Batman versus Superman. Yeah, we don't try to come in slanted one way or another, but you know... I think honesty is the best policy, especially Uh, when you're a fan. And this movie sucked. It did for Um, so many reasons. It did. And so I do want to say, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, go ahead. Um, Or be your own judge. But Or you can listen to this. We will lower your expectations. Then you can go see it. Right. And then you'll be like, "Eh, Brandon and Brandon were kind of harsh on it. Yeah. It's not that bad. So. Is there anything about this movie that stuck out for you that you were like, okay, you know what? That was done well. I do like that piece of it. Only The only way for me to answer that is, I mean, it's yes, 
but I have to give you the bad news first. It's like a diagnosis, but looking for the good news afterwards. Like, okay, the bad news is, is it's, it's fatal. But the good news is, is I just found $5, you know? So for me to be able to say there's some things I like, it's only because then it's bouncing off of the parts I didn't like. Like for me personally, I thought it was cool how Wonder Woman went straight at Doomsday and she wasn't, she was taking the fight to Doomsday. Mm -hmm. But the bad news was, is she was kind of needlessly in there and totally, I think the word you used, uh, the term you used, shoehorned. Like, like, here she is for the sake of being here, like creating that mutant stew. It's like, was that really necessary? Did we get a feel for who she is? The best part of the movie to me was the ending, clearly. Not the actual ending showing Superman rattling around in his in his grave, but just the fact that it was over and I could leave. <laughs> That's that, a was, good, that was so hey, good. Hey, let's focus on the good yeah, things. Yeah, so I thought the ending was great. It had an ending. Yeah. And after what almost, what felt like three hours, it felt like three hours. I think it was like 240 something it registered. Um, There wasn't a lot for me to like about this movie. There really was not. I thought the best scene of the movie the only part that really kind of spoke to who I thought Batman was and actually had some good action was when Batman went to go rescue uh, Superman's mother and he was in a room of, you know, 15, 20 armed men and the sequence of when he took them out, even though he went shooting guns again, not that he brought the gun to the fight per se, but he uses the criminal's weapons kind of against them and just has them randomly spray bullet fire, does his own. And that was a whole nother point. This Batman shoots guns and he used guns on Superman and on Doomsday, and it's just like... See, I, you're having a hard time giving me a good thing without bad things. Yeah. I can I mean, tell, because you're like starting they're, to they're, say, they're only here's re- something I kind of like, but then you... But it's only because yeah. the, of the bad news that it's reflecting off of. So you're saying... Um, so you liked you liked the fight scenes in some of them, like, like that one where he was going to save uh, Martha. Yeah. I thought right, that which was cool. I agree. That it was, was a, dark, it was gritty. It was a cool... It was um, the fight scenes seemed very much like the Batman video games. Which, the, Ar- the Arkham series. Right, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and you're right, I, that was something that I liked. Of course, I agree with you. The fact that during this time you have Batman killing people takes away from that, in my opinion. Now, I know some yeah. people disagree. They like the fact that it's okay to have that different Batman, but I want to get into a little bit later why I don't think that's okay. Um, but So I'll, I'll just quickly... Oh, actually, I do want to say you had mentioned that it's like a Batman movie versus a Batman and Superman movie. Um, Zack Snyder has actually said before that he's always wanted to direct a Batman movie and that Batman is one of his favorite characters. So I think that he took this opportunity to make it a little bit more of a Batman flick. Yeah. Which leads me to one of my very first uh, things that I really liked about this, which I actually liked Ben Affleck as Batman. And when when Ben Affleck was first announced as being Batman, a lot of people were kind of iffy on it. I've always kind of been like, well, I don't know. He kind of fits that character. Um, He looks like Bruce Wayne. He looks like a rich, he looks like a a millionaire. Yeah. and he's in good shape, especially for this, uh, especially for this movie. He got, oh, I, he got jacked. Yeah. Did you like that little CrossFit the, uh, yeah. commercial during <laughs> his uh, infomercial? Tr- training montage for where Superman? Where he's hitting tires with hammers and, and doing stuff. those kipping pull-ups and right. it's like NFL style workout. Um, yeah. yeah. That little Rocky montage, you know, okay, fine. Yeah. We, But it's an excuse to show Ben Affleck without his shirt and saying, hey, look how much he's worked out in the past year. Right. Um. But I did like Ben Affleck's Batman. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I did not like about his Batman is all of the killing. So the very first um, 
time he kills, he's that that I remember. He's in his vehicle. He's in his Batmobile, which, which was a cool bat. Yeah, yeah, it was a cool Batmobile. Um, and he throws a tether out onto another car, and um, starts dragging that car. And I remember thinking, oh, that could kill the people inside. What is oh, Batman no doing? And then the car just gets smashed to bits. And then he uses it like a slingshot. And I was like, oh my god, that person is definitely dead. Batman just killed a guy. What right. just happened? And they weren't apparent with it. They weren't as didn't go so far as to show like the person with afterwards like crawl out and like have a broken neck or not a direct neck snap yeah. like he did in Man of Steel. But the implication was certainly there. Right. Uh, well, and um, and that's the thing is that, so I, at first I was like, there's no way that they can say that that person survived. Like no. Batman totally just killed the guy. And then later as the movie goes, he continues to kill people. And that's something that I'm conflicted about uh, because Batman as a character, he's known for always having uh, the conflict in his mind oh, between inner turmoil, violence no and, and death, right? Um, because his parents were gunned down, so he doesn't kill and he doesn't use guns. Those are signatures of Batman. And you, you mentioned the uh, the death of his parents. Okay, how many times do we have to see that? It's like, okay, I get yeah. Zack Snyder want to craft this version, but is this an origin story or is this progressing from, uh, it was, it struggles. We did not need to see his parents die again. And by the way, way to get um, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, a.k.a. Co- currently known as Negan. Negan but and he's also Maggie the, yeah, and, and, from Walking Dead as well. But you noticed he tried to, you know, throw his buddy a bone like, hey, I'll give you a credit. I don't even know if he got listed in the credits, but be in my movie because he was also in one of other Zack Snyder's other more talked about movies, Watchmen. Watchmen. You know, he was the comedian. Which, I, I like that movie. Well, that's it, the thing. This movie kind of had that but tone. I like, it. like it was dark, dreary, very slow. But Everyone, the difference is Watchmen, in my opinion, had a was, pretty good storyline. Was decent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I it thought was that decent. Was, that was a different. I was, thought that was kind of neat that he got his buddy, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan in there. But it's like, yes, we get it. His parents were killed. He witnessed it. He took a stand against crime. I thought that was kind of just like unnecessary though to show. And then the, like, and that was right off the bat and you just Negan right off the bat. <laughs> get it. Uh, we'll get into that a whole nother <laughs> time, but uh, put a, put a bookmark on that one. But I thought it was just like very ominous tone of the movie to come when they showed him ascending via the bats as a young boy. It's like, what is that? I remember sighing, going, "Oh no!" Yeah, is this what right this off the bat? Be? Yeah. And then, and then the voiceover comes over where he says something about a dream, and you take off a, a sigh of release, relief, and you go, "Okay, good. It was just a dream. Right? They weren't about to go to some crazy length and say the bats were literally lifting him as a child." Um, but it was a metaphor. And then, yeah, ooh, metaphors. But then that was the first of several dream sequences. Needless. Um, this is one of the things that I actually totally hated about the movie was the number of dream sequences. And um, in my opinion, there was no character development at all. Right. And the only way that they tried to to squeeze some character development in there was by these dream sequences, by by trying to give you almost like this metaphorical vision of what is going on with that character and but then you don't really get a sense of oh no this person's in danger or oh, this is really happening because then he just wakes up and there's no danger in the first place and and so in my opinion dream sequences as story development is just lazy storytelling very much so it's an easy out 
Yes, and that was one of the things I totally hated about the movie. Yeah. Um, Should we talk about Jesse Eisenberg? Sure. Sure. I don't think he did a horrible job. I think it was just a bad casting choice. See, I think he did a horrible job. <laughs> well, and that's, we weren't on set. We don't know what was expected of him or what was asked of him or if they just gave him creative license to be that whimsical, kind of spazzy, ultra-intelligent. I mean, he reminded me of the, basically the Riddler. And I know that's not an original thought that's already been out yeah, there, but really that's, times, I really yeah. truly felt that. Yeah. And it felt like that. And be called Lex Luthor. If they want to call, if he wanted to be that character and be someone else. Okay. But Lex Luthor to me is cold. Lex Luthor is a businessman. He's ultra smart. He's a physically intimidating presence, not necessarily because he's huge, but just because of his, his prowess and his cold demeanor. They made Jesse Eisenberg, the lucky charms guy. Yeah, it was really bad. And and I think that there is so many... This is one of the worst parts about the movie, in my opinion, because I think what they were trying to do is they were trying to go um, the, the way that the Joker really made The Dark Knight right. a solid movie. His unique right, Signature performance. Yeah, his unique perspective and signature performance made that movie what it is, uh, which is, in my opinion, the best comic book based movie that's ever been and so much of that is because of keith ledger's joker now uh i think what they were trying to do was wait can i ask you a question real quick is keith ledger, keith ledger is okay, that like yeah. his cousin uh, he finished all the yeah. scenes that after unfortunately right yeah it's sad okay um yeah right right when you yeah i caught that it's okay. um we're still friends so heath bar leisure um mm. <laughs> toffee it up toffee. dude um uh, did a great performance, and I think what Jesse Eisenberg was doing, and probably what he was directed to do, was to have something unique and different as well. I just think it fell so flat on its face because every scene with him was annoying as hell. Yes, and if you recall at the very end, I think this is more to the the writers and the storytelling than it is his performance. But why does Jesse Eisenberg, after being obsessed with Batman, or excuse me, obsessed with Superman throughout the movie? then all of a sudden want Superman to bring him Batman's head. How does he even know Batman exists? There was no reason for that. Well, Batman has established that he's been doing this for years now, like 20 years. That's true. So he's known, so is Superman. The the, The problem comes is, what is driving this billionaire to make them battle? And how did his entire plan just fall into place? Yeah. All With all the ways that it did. You got me. So Doomsday. Was he not one of the most physically intimidating, just like, whoa, take a step back. This could be the guy that like really is a game changer in the comics. I remember when I read The Reign of Superman and, you know, The Death of Superman, Doomsday, I remember being intimidated by Doomsday. They actually even kind of gave him a little bit of a, little bit of a backstory in the comics. Uh, I, the first memory I have of Doomsday is he comes here on Earth and he holds his hand out to a deer and a little fawn comes up to him and then he just like between his hands just crushes it its neck and it's like oh wow this guy's not messing around he is he is v- the embodiment of violence to be fair it was deer hunting season he had a permit too yeah yeah it was an <laughs> he inter- follows the law yeah it was an interplanetary permit but d- there's deer on every planet everyone knows that <laughs> everybody knows if that. you watch the martian you know that's true <laughs> Which I haven't watched yet, but I'm assuming. <laughs> I'm assuming. I read some reviews. Yeah, I heard these guys talking about a podcast, so I know it's true. The thing that really bugged me about Doomsday was just there was no reason for you to care. You know, all of a sudden, 
or I'm doomsday and this electrical storm follows me wherever I go and I have Lex Luthor's blood in me and then the other part of me is Kryptonian alien technology and and Zod's body. I'm just, the way they, they slapped him together was just like throwing a head of lettuce into a fan. Yeah. It really was just like so scattered. Uh, yeah, I don't think that Doomsday's origin was done properly at all. I also Not don't think close. that you should have Doomsday in that entire movie if you're going to have Lex Luthor. Right. I, I think you need to pick one. And it makes sense that you they, they put Doomsday in there because Doomsday is, in essence, the only thing that can kill Superman, right? Right. Um, and so so I'm sure they were kind of conflicted. and they And, and of course... The more you shoehorn in there, the more when you're marketing it, you can market. Um, you can say, "Hey, your both of your favorite villains are in this movie." Um, but when the actual movie plays out, it's it's too much. And it's he convoluted. didn't get enough on screen time on screen time for you to care about him. Right now, there was some good parts. Um, I liked the fact that every time he was hit with something, he became immune to it, which is a comic book thing. That's true. Um, they they kind of had to make it happen within like a few minutes of each other. Right. Um, which is certainly not the way it happens in, in the comics, but, um, but I like that they, they added that in. Um, I also like the final fight scene between them, which was kind of a CGI fest, which I think is, really you know, was. uh, is, is it was, but it was a decent scene. So you have wonder woman show up with a great cue of music when she does. Um, she's actually into the fight, really lending a hand. Batman from afar with who doesn't have powers is still lending a hand as best as he can. And then Superman, of course, finishes the job the way it should be. It's really his fight, but it is his fight. Right. But they kind of they, they did it well enough to the point where you're like, OK, they all had a hand in it. I did like that they brought out the lasso. That was cool. Yes. yes Even yes. though there was no truth to tell after that. Um, another thing that I, I have a problem with in this movie is obviously it's a, it's, it's like I said, it doesn't know what it wants to be. It doesn't know if it's an origin story. It doesn't know if it's a sequel, an indirect sequel to Man of Steel. And, um, I guess it's really not having anything to do with the, uh, the Christopher Nolan, uh, Batman films, but it also doesn't know if it wants to be a, um, a foundational movie setting the foundation for the future installments of Justice League, but I was not compelled to want to watch the Justice League movies, especially if Zack Snyder has anything to do with it. And the introduction, the little, you know, crumbs, little Easter egg introductions. Right through email? Through email. Yeah, those are bad. Cyborg. Talk about shoot in. Yeah, very much so. Totally forced. Flash could be cool if they do it right. I think the only thing that I was like, oh, cool, they got him was uh, Aquaman, the Jason Momoa. Yeah, but the way he just he just was there underwater, you obviously holding his breath, like just posing almost when he's shown on the camera for the right. five seconds. I was like, this is awkward looking. It was and awkward. If the, if the Aquaman movie is anything like that, then then they could call it Awkward Man. Mm. You like that? You but see they have to have a cue in there too. Be like a Q awkward man, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I just there was no reason for me to feel like I'm looking forward to installments of the future. Apparently, Dark Side's coming in the next movie. They I, did do hints of that. Yeah, yes. the hints was were in the dream. I think so. Uh, yeah. Where where those I don't know what they're called, but those like flying creatures in Batman's dream showed up. Those are actually like uh, signs of Darkseid. They're like Darkseid's creatures, and 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 admittingly, 
I don't know the details of that, but it, it. But how do you hint at a? How do you hint at Dark Side coming through a dream? That's not much of a hint. Well, wasn't it's, that what Lex Luthor was? Lex Luthor was talking about at the end after he goes shaved head, and he's been visited right, by the, the bat. The bell is wrong or something like that. He kept saying over yeah, and over ding, again, ding, ding, or something like that. Like he's like yeah, and I I think he was referring to Dark Side, yes. And he reminded me of Brad Pitt's character from Twelve Monkeys. I forget right. the name, but just that kind of manic, shaky personality. Yeah, except not good at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like the okay. opposite of it as far as the actual product, but the imitation. Now I I, I think we should uh, wrap this up, but I want to wrap it up with, um, in my opinion the moment where I literally slapped Mm, my palm against my forehead going, I can't believe they did this. Um, And it's just one word, Martha. Wasn't it Rosebud? (laughs) Rosebud. Now that had Uh, way more impact in its respective movie. You finally realize after Batman and Superman fight why they once again showed his parents die because they were going to reference it later on. Right. Batman's you about needed, to do another kill. You He's needed got that. to know his mom's name was Martha. Oh, your name's your mom's name's Martha. My mom's name is Martha. Oh, get out of here, dude. That's crazy. Did we just become best friends? Super friends. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, sorry. I was trying to kill you. <laughs> yeah. We're best friends now, uh, which he literally says, uh, we'll get into the details, but he literally says to Superman's mom, when he saves her, I'm a friend of your I'm sons. I'm a friend of your sons. Bullshit. <laughs> you just spent an entire movie trying to kill him. You did a shitload of cross training or cross CrossFit, fit, training. excuse me. CrossFit training. Uh, you were hitting hammers with tires. Yeah. <laughs> You're hitting hammers with tires. <laughs> That's for like the extreme CrossFit workout. You have to have so much core <laughs> strength to be really able to lift strong. a tire and be able to have that pinpoint accuracy to strike a tire. It's uh, nailing um, a hammer on the head. <laughs> okay. Hammerheads. So all of my puns that are screwed up, uh, they still hold true. Yeah. Um, that he spent so much time and effort and he built this special suit uh, so that he can defeat Superman. Right. And he had him at the edge of a spear. Oh. And he literally was one second away from killing him. And then he learns that Superman has a mother and his, her name is Martha. And he goes, Martha? Why'd you say Martha? My mom's name is Martha. And that makes him second guess everything he's doing just because their mother's yeah, Batman share the doesn't same waver. name. You know, the only thing he wavers on is if he should kill or not. But other than that, Batman's, you know, he's the original detective. He's the Dark Knight. He knows what he wants to do. He's he's calculated. Yes. And I, the, that's what it took for him to change his whole philosophy and his the previous two hours and 15 minutes of buildup. For that, yeah, yeah, it was it was very it was bad. Just let the air out of the and, room, and and it was just um, it was such a immediate switch from being enemies to uh, allies. It, yeah, it that's what it takes. It just it just it did not seem like it fit. There needed to be a better a better description of why Batman realizes that Superman is good. Something so simple that that no matter how much power he has, he will never try to destroy the Earth. Yeah. Which was his entire worry. He says, if there's just that one percent chance, we have to treat it as an absolute certainty, and and which I I kind of like that as the motivation to stop Superman. I understood that, but you can't just uh, switch on a dime like that. If only they had to do it again. So, hey, go see it if you haven't yet. Tell us we're wrong, or tell us we're right. So you know, a lot of times, just to sum it up, 
I don't know. I don't have a grade. I don't have a scale of one to 10, but here's what it reminds me of. Do you remember speaking of versus the great versus movies? There's been Frey versus Jason, alien versus predator. Uh, my mom versus your mom. You <laughs> That's know. a weird oil fight. It was very <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> the thing that it reminds me of, you remember aliens versus predator when it first came out, right? Total cash grab, needless movie. You can't sure. have an aliens versus predator movie and have it be PG 13. I'm sorry. They are violent effing creatures and you had to be PG 13. Get- Is that the one with Adrian Brody? No, that was Predators. By the way, apparently they're rebooting Predator sometime in 2018. Which we obviously need. So need it. The original tagline for Aliens vs. Predator, I remember it was, whoever wins, we lose. And that's kind of how I felt about this movie. You felt that no matter how this movie ends... I felt like a loser. You lose because you spent $10 for this? For emo Superman with his like perfectly coiffed hair and all his sad dramatic looks. I think he had more time not talking. And just looking longingly like he's part of the Twilight universe. Yeah, he was really dark. It, it, the whole um, we get it. You're an alien day you versus know. night and yeah. and day, know, dark day versus man. light. Day Fighter man. of the night man. <laughs> um, the whole the whole day versus uh, night doesn't really apply really when Superman yeah. is really dark in yeah. this movie. So it's just dark and dark. Yeah, uh, it didn't work. So if I were to give it a rating, um, I would put it somewhere around a twenty seven percent. Which, which is pretty much where it stands on Rotten Tomatoes, according to critics. According to critics. I think it was like last last entry made it 28%. Yes. Um, Metacritic is, I believe, 44 right now. Um, and that is because the user... Gets factored in. It gets factored and in. And hey, I don't want to tell someone they're wrong. I just know how I felt yes. about it. Yes. But, I agree. Okay. What about you? Uh, whoever wins, we lose. No, no, no. What, do you, so what is your what percentage? What's my scale? Like one out of 10? A percentage is always out of 100. A hundred percent of the times it is. Okay. Uh, well, because you made me feel stupid, uh, minus five points for me. Um, I'm going to say, you know, I've seen bad movies and they deserve it. You know, when you look up, Oh, Hey, I thought this movie sucked. Let's see what, you know, critical America had to say. I've seen good movies that are sitting at like 20%, for instance, half baked, you know, is I never what? knew half baked was is that like twenty two percent? No way. Yeah, and I never knew what a bacchiotomy was until I watched that movie. Well, yeah, if your doctor says yeah. you need a bacchiotomy, yeah, you had sex with my mama. <laughs> that was my. Thanks for um, blowing out everybody's speakers. Oh, you can you smell that? Anyways, um, <laughs> so that like for instance is at twenty two. That's a good movie to me. Uh, however, I would not give this any higher than a twenty five percent. A fourth of me like this movie. But three-fourths of me still said I didn't like it. So like one leg Yeah. said, yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, on a four-limb system, <laughs> I give it one. I give it my non-dominant arm. Okay. So why don't we move on to something more positive? Let's move on. All right. Enough being negative Nancys and negative Nellies. And let's get into something we actually do like and do enjoy. Brandon, do you know where I'm going with this? Other Brandon? Internet porn. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. But also... Something we also do together. Internet porn. video games. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Let's right. get into some video My games. Bad. So, being as how I do not have a next-gen console, and I'm not currently up to date, but that's why I come over to your house when you're not home. Yeah. And play it's your video games. It's the basis games. of our friendship. It I really know that is. you really don't like me, that you just come over and play my Xbox. Hey, you know, people didn't like Snoop Dogg. They just liked his doggy style. Hmm. So, I like you for your... Gaming style. (laughs) 
So, Brandon, what are you playing on your X-Bone or Xbox One? Uh, so, I am currently playing Just Cause 3, which is not uh, a super new game. It's Why are you a- playing that? It's actually really fun. No, you missed the perfect setup. You were Just Cause. Uh, three? <laughs> I see what you're doing there. Yeah, so how is it? You had played two previously. I remember we I actually... I played all of them, yeah. yeah. And they were good. Um, this one is, in my opinion, by far the most fun to play yeah um there's not much of a story there's uh, very repetitive gameplay right but that being said they set this entire game up to be just a giant explosion shit show and if you go in expecting that which i was you actually have quite a bit of fun with it um, cool. If you go in there expecting a very story driven or anything like that, you're going to be disappointed. Right. Um, reviews are lukewarm, um, but I'm continuously been just blowing stuff up, um, taking over these different uh, bases or settlements or whatever you want to call outputs? them. Out, Out- outposts. Pust? I said a pust. <laughs> An outpost. And um, don't be a pust. Take that outpost. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, the interesting thing about this game, though, is that I'm not getting tired of blowing shit up. And I think that is the entire magic of this game. Cool. Uh, anything that is red is, is explosive. Oh. And so shoot it. Um, Gaming 101. Yes, exactly. For sure. Uh, it's one of those tropes that is um, actually made light of in this game where they point out at the beginning that when you are taking over, and which is dumb, when you're taking over an outpost, you do so by blowing everything up. Makes sense. <laughs> right. We need to take it. Let's destroy everything so nothing's usable when we take it over. Um, and they, they even say, they, they say, um, you know, that everything of importance in the outpost is is in red. So they kind of make light of that trope, which is kind of nice. So you would recommend this game? I would. It's a right, great... Cool. It's a great time waster, um, but the great thing about video games, if you enjoy wasting the time, it's not wasting time. So this yeah, one, I would, saying. I would definitely, uh, definitely recommend. Cool. Um, also, off of a text that you sent me, mm-hmm. telling me that Star Wars Battlefront was on sale. Yep. Um, I bought it. Yeah, and I'm glad you did because it was sixty dollars. Fresh out the oven back in November, and then you have to pay another six dollars if you want the full game. Uh-huh. And I love games. I would never pay one hundred twenty dollars for any I, game, any I don't think hardened edition or special edition. Worth. Yeah, no, no game is worth one hundred twenty dollars in my that that I've found yet. I haven't found it. This certainly wouldn't be it. But this is a solid game. This is a good fun time waste if you yeah. like blowing shit up, and if you like battling. I finally saw an Ewok today, by the way. Ooh. When I came over you to let your it? dog out, no, he ran out of his hut, and then he like saw the action, and he ran back in. I was just like. Was I supposed to see that? It was <laughs> well, awesome. Obviously. He had chubby little legs. I was so excited. And right after that, I got killed, but I was I died happy. My That's character good. did. That's good. But yeah, this is a fun game. Uh, as we've experienced, it's a little frustrating, uh, if, it, especially if yeah. you care about your kill-death ratio, <laughs> because we are so far in the negative. I can only get to like half of one. To be fair. Yeah. You and I are both really new at playing this game. Yeah. I just recently got it. Um, I did game fly it before. And so we did play a little bit of it ahead of time. Right. And then just recently I actually purchased it, which by the way, it was on sale for 20 bucks, which yeah. is a, killer, it's a great place for good deals. Yeah. Killer deal for that. Um, but I'm, I'm totally enjoying it. it. It reminds me of, uh, at the beginning of this podcast, you and I talked about how 
we used to play the Star Wars Battlefront that was one a and huge two time a long time, time void ago. for us. Yeah. Yes, and um, there's there's a little bit of that magic that I loved about the first ones that's not here, but at the same time, it's a different time, different technology. Um, there's so much better about this game. There's so much. Uh, the sound quality is amazing. Very the much, and the visuals are. Incredible. Um, so you really do feel like you're in a Star Star Wars universe yes. when you're playing this, which I, I totally love. And, you know, what's better than playing good games? Playing good games with your best friend. You know what I'm saying? I know. I right? miss him so bad, but uh, he died. So <laughs> yeah. Which actually brings me to the point what I don't like is that there's no co-op. There is no co-op. Well, there is co-op, uh, but not co- online co-op. Yes, and that's something I think they just had to make a decision. Yeah, in the sense. development stage, they just said, you know, here's what we can do. I just I don't like the forty player format. It's just too much. You get to kill. I get killed too fast. Right. It's just too much going on. It's too many you're people around. Completely you. vulnerable from three sixty. The lush environments are great, but especially when you're imperial, you stick out as a stormtrooper. When you're in Endor and you're running around and you're in white, you stick out. Mm-hmm. You know, the rebels I think have a distinct advantage just based on the skins. So what you're I'd rather play is, on the shirts team. <laughs> so what you're, what you're doing is you're giving me excuses to why your kill-death ratio sucks. I think 9 and 22 speaks for itself, bro. <laughs> we both suck at this game. Yeah, we, we totally suck. Um, but uh, speaking of best friends, uh-huh. Marcus Phoenix, Dom Santiago, we know Dom's gone, but how excited are you for the next generation of Phoenix? Super, but not quite as much as you. No, I mean, you, that's another game we played a lot of. It is. I remember when... We've... Tr- trying yes. to beat Ramon insane and, uh, in the original. once again co-op on this one yeah uh they, they the creators have have made um uh, made a big deal about the fact that almost i think every single thing you can do in this game every mode is meant to be co-op which i really really I, enjoy I dig, yeah let's just talk we'll, we'll get into it more definitely by the way it comes out october 11th not that i'm a fan or anything not that you have a gears of war hat or anything but uh we do we do love uh, this franchise uh, especially getting to play it together pretty much right off the bat. I remember I was coming over to your apartment all the time yep. and we were playing it on the original 360 and it was just a lot of fun. Let's just talk about the trailer. Yeah. My only thing is just like, oh my gosh, again with the hello darkness, my right. old friend. With the, with That's the, in every other trailer. Taking a super slow song. Yeah. And like uh, giving it a modern, yeah, modern tweak. Yeah, but that's the thing. Did you even give a shit about that song Mad World until you saw it assigned no. to the Gears trailer? Also, you're like this song rules. <laughs> yeah, not you personally, but just. Well, I did. I actually liked that song, oh, no, I and I actually saw the guy who performed Ga- that live, Gary, Gary Jules. Right, yeah. I actually saw him Almost perform your live. Last name, Petaluma, California. What? 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 Cowtown. <laughs> Pretty much. So, anyways, based on the trailer, I'm excited, and I think the lingering question in everyone's mind: Well, is Marcus in it or not? This is p- taking place. Well, JD's 25 years old, from what I've heard. Something like that. And uh, so this is taking place at least 25 years after Gears 3. Uh, the Locusts are gone. They're no more. We know that. Is Marcus anymore? There's a they, statue Yeah, they to won't him. say. No, they won't. Um, I was listening to a podcast. You probably listened to the same one. Probably. He was asked point blank, one of the developers uh, from the Coalition. I'm forgetting his name, but awesome guy. He worked on Gears since the beginning. And... He just completely sidestepped the question. Yes. I I did listen to the same one then because yeah. that was exactly my thought is. He was asked point uh, blank. He was asked point blank and he would not answer. So the, the trailer leads you to believe that there's a Marcus Phoenix statue. That's all we know. We know his son JD. Maybe the statue helps him? Oh, it gives him powers. 
Yes, it's yeah. a magical Phoenix statue. Oh, maybe he becomes the Dark Phoenix. Oh, like okay. in Phoenix Rising. I think you're probably right. Even though I he spells it differently, I'm he spells totally it F E N I X. That's how he spells Phoenix. Oh, well, then I'm totally wrong. But we're pumped for the trailer, or we're pumped on account of the trailer. Yeah, but you know, okay, let me say something though. Um, trailers like that, cinematic trailers, don't show you anything about the gameplay. And if you look at the right. gameplay, because the beta under- is out now, it's a, it's a little underwhelming. So I'm hoping that when you get the entire package and the whole, the gameplay is set out with this, hopefully a really great story and great uh, narration to the whole thing as, as you follow this character, I'm hoping that the, the sum of it all is a great product. I think it will be. Um, but I always have a very hard time judging that by a cinematic what is right, right. now. Remember kind Dead Island was going to be an trailer. awesome game based on the, uh, the theatrical so right. to speak, trailer. Great, the, all trailer the Dead was Island better than the game. Yeah, exactly. So, which I also, so if we can just move into, uh, another trailer, since we're on the topic of that, um, Titanfall two. Boom. So you and so I, excited for that. you and I played a lot of Titanfall. Yes, we Once did. Once again, uh, Brandon would come over. We would just sit on the couch and we would just throw the controller back and forth. Well, not literally, because that would be a game in itself. But we would pass the controller. <laughs> I use my Xbox One in unconventional ways. <laughs> I spend a lot of money on controllers. Uh, we would just pass the controller back and forth in each 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 uh, play a game, and so we played a lot of that. So seeing uh, uh, Titanfall Two come out, which I'm the mech totally awesome. assuming is going to have a story mode because it was the biggest complaint it didn't, about the yeah, first one. They have to. Which I like because I'm I'm big on story and just my personal opinion. I love story driven games more than I love multiplayer games. So if you can have a good both, then I'm set. Even if it's a seven to ten hour kind of game where just it's very something. even very sometimes linear, that's okay. So I'm looking forward to that. But once again, that teaser trailer literally didn't show you anything except now there's mechs with swords, mm-hmm. which swords make sure that's cool. Like swords are cool, but that's it. That's all we got. No, that's all they wanted you to have. I know. I it, wanted more. It's very meticulous for sure. So we're going to start wrapping things up here on this first ever podcast of random fandom with Brandon and Brandon. So time for kind of a, a name that tune, but with a synopsis. This could be anything from the geek culture we share and love. It can be something based out of the comics. It can be something based out of a movie. You name it. It's your synopsis to name. All right. So I'm going to give you one. So uh, let me just clarify because you were telling me about this. Are you creating this synopsis? I'm going to loosely paraphrase it. I'm not going to read it straight so out. So are you? So are you reading it like, say, if it's a movie, you're reading it from the back of the box kind of thing, so to speak, like the back okay. cover. But I'm not going to. I'm not going to give you a name, for instance. Because just give me a, okay. that would ruin just it. Kind of like se. the plot synopsis. So like, l- let's do a practice one, okay? So follow me here. Four brothers adopted in by an unlikely parent seek revenge. Ninja Turtles? No, four brothers with Mark Wahlberg <laughs> oh. and Andre 3000, remember? Okay. Their mo- and Tyrese Gibson, their mom was I murdered. Was like, I was like, I don't remember the Ninja Turtles seeking revenge <laughs> for anything. <laughs> but remember their mom was murdered and then they like uh, end up no, searching. No, I don't remember that movie at all. You don't remember four brothers? I mean, I remember it. I but think the the f- the only good thing about that movie was Andre three thousand. He was actually if, really good in that. If you say so, he was good. He's a good actor. Hey, you should try rapping. I wonder if that will work out for him. <laughs> okay, but let's get you a real one. Okay, so that's just a, I'm not going to purposely swerve it that hard. But I'm going to basically be looking. Well, I would get it wrong. You you did get it wrong, <laughs> jerk. So 
I, I knew you were going to say Ninja Turtles. This is the same so guy, we, by the way, who loves Ninja Turtles so much that for your 29th or 30th birthday, you had a Ninja Turtles-themed birthday in my, which we had... It was my 31st birthday. What an uneventful birthday, too. <laughs> Sorry. Don't ever have a Turtles-themed 31st birthday because then all your friends just buy you Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle I bought you a mask and, and you're like, what the hell do I do with this? <laughs> and then I remember I was like, okay, so he's going to have pizza. And we had a we taco had tacos. <laughs> L Teenage Mutant Ninja <laughs> Turtles. L Teenage. So, anyways, all right. I've got a synopsis for you, Brandon. Okay, wait. And did you say what this is called? Oh, what we're Shadow of the Synopsis. Uh, Shout out to one of our favorite games. So, you ready? Yep. Everything is ripped apart in New York Minute. This man has nothing to lose in a violent, cold, urban night. He's a fugitive undercover cop framed for murder and now hunted by cops and the mob. He's got his back against the wall, fighting a battle he cannot hope to win. Oh, are we done? Okay. Um, Bing. <laughs> is it a video game? Is it a movie? God, that's such a generic. It, could, it is, like, right? Okay, so he's a cop who's framed, mm-hmm. you said? Here, I'll give you one little nugget for the murder of his partner. I know that's very generic as well. Okay. Um, you can ask me one. A part of me, like, gets that. Okay, like, a part of me thinking Punisher. Um, and of, and that's because I recently finished the second season of Daredevil, um, where it's very similar to that. But he is a military guy. He's not a cop. Um, uh, my my mind also goes to um, Judge Dredd, who was a cop and then was framed for murder. But I don't think it was. I mean, he didn't have like really a family. I'm thinking the original Judge Dredd, by the way, mm-hmm. not the newer one. Oh, wait a minute. Think about it. Is there bullet time in this uh, game slash maybe movie synopsis? I think you're on the right path. Oh, uh, is it Max Payne? It is Max Payne. All right. Yeah, and then the part that I left off was prepare for pain. That was how the synopsis Oh, ended. I would have totally got yeah. it immediately if you would have said that. Yeah, and what and by pain, they don't mean P-Y, P-A-Y-N-E. They mean P-A-I-N because that's what you feel after you watch the 2000 adaptation <laughs> movie God, film what a bad movie. with uh, Mark Wahlberg and what uh, who Mila nobody Kunis. yeah nobody remembers that so good job that's shadow of the yeah, okay. so you'll have one for me on the next I'll uh, find next one time. for you yes yeah. next time. and try to make it kind of ambiguous and if it could it's be either or so if about I, four brothers <laughs> just kidding so before we uh hit stop on this awesome first venture the random fandom with Brandon Brandon podcast we want to leave you with uh you know, a little inspiration for your week that you're going to take with you. So we're going to take an awesome quote in geek history. It could be from any format. And with this week's awesome quote in geek history, I turn to other Brandon. Brandon, the floor is yours. Your face, your ass. What's the difference? In the immortal words of Duke Nukem, which by the way, Nothing has ever mattered since Duke Nukem 3D in the Duke Nukem world. So good, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? No. no. Nope. So, okay. hey, we're going to get out of here, and we will be doing this every week. If you have any questions for us, if you happen to be listening, you can just text us. My number is... <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, we do have an email, and we're working on getting all the other accoutrements, but we're just getting started. So please feel free to email randomfandomcast at gmail.com if you have any questions. Anything you want us to talk about specifically, anything to get into, be a part of it. Randomfandomcast at gmail.com. And until next week, I'm Brandon. I'm Brandon. And uh, this is our first podcast. Thank you for listening and enjoy uh, our 
amazing song. We're living in that 21st century, doing some podcasting, doing it half decent and hoping that you will listen to it. Scenes from the movies, someone's gotta talk about it. I guess every superhero needs a shitty movie. Superman can't have all that power, so Batman's gonna act like Jack Bauer. It's a fight to the death, he won't cower. But can he really beat Superman? That movie broken, that stupid plot ain't got no moment. Zack Snyder don't need a script, he just started rolling. Uh, motherfucker just rolling. With the Dark Knight guy who was always growling. God damn it, Snyder, you were the one chosen. Now this whole geek culture hangs its head in mourning. Uh, that was fucking boring. This movie really sucks, this is your low man Superman can't have all that power So Batman's gonna act like Jack Bauer It's a fight to the death, he won't cower Till then, fuck that, I need a shower